This is the Mark Milton Show with a Smash with former Department of Justice Tax Division trial attorney Mark Milton and the Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to rope and ride. Wearing my six shooter, riding my pony on a cat and drive. All right, yeehaw. You're listening to The Mark Milton Show with the Smash. Although the Smash on vacation Where this week. He's down in, down in Florida. Where? Down in Tampa. Oh, yeah. Uh, he got invited to a wedding. Uh, a wedding down, I believe it was Skip Weber's wedding. Uh, his daughter was getting married and invited Smash to come down and play uh, George Weber. Sort of <laughs> had all the commercials on. He finally got married. No, it's, it's different. It's guy. His, his son was, I, my understanding is, having a wedding for his daughter. Invited the Smash Band to play reunion of sorts. Oh, the he's Smash playing band, exactly the entertainment. Yeah, well, he was going to get oh. up and sing some songs, a little reunion of sorts. So yeah. he's on vacation this week, and we are fortunate. That is the voice. Of the great Doug Vaughn you're hearing here in the Miller Furniture Studios on the Mark Milton Show. Doug, welcome back well, to the program. Thanks for having me, Milton. It's, it's always a pleasure to have you here. Dave Solomon on the on the keyboard over there. How you doing, Dave? Oh, I'm doing great. I love the youthful energy in the studio today. <laughs> youthful energy. Was that a shot at someone in particular? <laughs> Who could that be? Nobody in this state. Okay. I'll tell you what. When I saw Doug today with this shirt on, it's like a, it's a, it's almost like, a, is that a mizzen in Maine? It's a button down. A mizzen in Maine? It's a button down polo. It's a mizzen in Maine. It's, it's a brand. Phil Mickelson promotes it. But oh. it's a button down collared know. shirt. That looks more like a polo that's untucked. I mean, it's very fashionable. Kind of half golf, kind of, golfish. Kind, kind of a Miami look, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Uh, well, we are very Sweet fortunate fashion. today to not only have Doug Vaughn in the studio, but Marco Bertarelli from Bertarelli Cutlery, BertarelliCo.com, is with us in the studio. Marco, welcome to the Mark Milton Show. Milty, thank you. It's an <laughs> honor to be here to share the studio with Emmy Award winning broadcaster Doug Vaughn. Oh, my. Are you well, flattered? Thanks, Bertsy <laughs> and Milty. <laughs> We are lucky to have you. And actually, so Marco and I actually met a few weeks ago. Um, we were down at the MAC downtown. Uh, oh, yeah. Both you didn't members go to that there. Naked area. Has- hashtag plus. <laughs> they still do that. Uh, the naked pool. Now they <laughs> yeah. banned that. I think a few years ago, once oh, they started letting women and children into the club, okay. they couldn't have men running around naked. But uh, no. we had a rooftop happy hour. I was actually running for the board of governors for the MAC, and I lost again, Doug. I what? lost another election. Mm. Why? I How can't that win. Be? I don't know. I can't win. You have to so, fix the election now, Dave. Well, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's what's funny is that's where I met Marco. Was at a rooftop election happy hour marco comes up to me and he says uh hey what are you doing here shouldn't you be preparing for the fan page club championship which he was familiar with you yeah, know from sure. the tma morning show oh yeah gosh um but doug i think doug you and i actually first met when i was running for state rep in 2016 at the kirkwood green tree parade do you remember that you were walking with Scott Stream. Oh, yeah, yeah, Do you remember yeah, Scott yeah, was running, yeah, for, sure. running yeah. for mayor? He didn't win either. No, yeah. you just support a lot of <laughs> losers. <laughs> um, so, but that was a great experience. I got to meet you. I got to meet Marco down at the MAC. We mm-hmm. became friends. We actually played some golf this week in a simulator. We oh, did, did the you? simulator over at the Family Golf Center yeah. uh, in Kirkwood. Have you been out there yet? Uh, sure. Yeah. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Simulator, but I, it's incredible. I so we played 18 holes of golf. Uh, we played the old course at uh, St. Andrews in under two hours. Every you know, all hit every shot. Pretty and realistic. I thought so, Marco. Very, didn't you? Think? Very realistic. I mean, you could tell the the shot shaping was there after you hit into the screen. <laughs> I mean, you could tell. <laughs> but you can tell, like if you didn't hit a ball good, it didn't. I mean, it, it really did mimic what you would see in real life. I hit one bomb, two hundred seventy-five yards. That one I really, really got into. But I guess beyond yeah. that, I played. I think you beat me by. 
Mm, eight strokes yeah. or something What'd like you that. Shoot, Bertsey? 87? <laughs> really? 87 at St. Anne's? On the old course, yeah, <laughs> sure. Two back to back birdies. Yeah, I think we really? played. Well, That's see, the good. thing with the simulator, though, they have it set on automatic putting. So once you're on the green, the computer simulates whether or not you would one putt, two putt, or three putts. Oh, so it's sort of out of really your control. Putt. Yeah, because um, putting, are. I don't think, is really that realistic on the simulator. But had a great time. Like I said, played played around in under under two hours. Had a good time. And I said, Hey, Marco, would you want to come on the Mark Milton show this week? Yeah. And talk about the business. Talk about how they've adapted through COVID. Because um, I I admire what they've done. You know, going to the PPE and the all the hand sanitizer and all that, which we'll get into. But first, I want to talk about the history because you guys have been around for a long time, Marco. For those that don't know, tell us what Bertarelli Cutlery, Bertarelli Co. is and, and what you guys do. Sure. Uh, we we started actually on my mom's side of the family. Uh, my dad went to Australia from Italy. He went to Australia first. So my mom was 21 and at that time had a decision to make, go to America with her family who had started the knife sharpening service in the Kansas City area hmm. already. Or go to Australia and marry my dad. <laughs> what, what was he doing in Australia? He was a lumber, he, was a, he was a lumberjack. <laughs> he was he worked in the bush for thirteen years. Really? How yeah. did he get that gig? I don't know. He said, I'm I'm not gonna go to the US, I'm going to Australia. I'm and how gonna... did she meet this lumberjack in Australia? They in grew the up they grew up together in the same town in Italy. So what my, town? Carrizolo okay. in the Alps. All right. Huh. So, that sounds like a nicer place than the, the oh, it, it, it chopping is. wood. So, so why would they leave? Well, I mean, at that time, everyone had, had immigrated to the U.S. or different parts of the world, London and whatnot. So yeah. my father found an opportunity in Australia, went there, and then my mom decided to follow him there. She got off the boat and married him the next day when she wow. got out. It took, she always tells me, 34 days on a boat to get to Australia. So they were married. Jeez. My three brothers were born in Australia. And then after a few, a, almost a decade, the economy had dried up a little bit. My father sold all his assets, went back to Italy for about 18 months until he could get his paperwork in order to come to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, my uncles on my mom's side, the Ambrosi Cutlery, which is still in operation in Kansas City, they had started to grow the business. And there was an opportunity that arose in St. Louis, and they said, hey, Felice, my father, why don't you go and take this opportunity? There's a a guy from the old country that wants to sell his business in St. Louis, and you can take this opportunity and start there. So we actually started the business in our garage on Macklin Avenue on the hill, uh, late 60s, early 70s. So we've been in operation for over half a century. And oh. then um, my brother started working with my father, and it was the four of them at first. And then I'm 15 years younger than my next oldest brother. So when my dad was Oops. getting— Holy moly. Sure. So— uh, And isn't it wonderful that you got into this business and your last name happened to be Cutlery? Yeah. <laughs> wow. How convenient. <laughs> well, and for those that don't know, the hill in St. Louis is an Italian neighborhood. So— when they came here, was that why they ended up opening up, or was there, there was already a location there, and they just, was that a coincidence that uh, they ended up? Well, it just so happened that the community was an Italian community, so they moved to that area. Uh, the person who was selling his business was near that area, but they just so happened to start there. And then 
when my father was getting ready towards retirement, it worked out pretty well that I was younger. And it, when he wanted to retire, I was at the age where I could start working. So then mm. I hopped into his, he retired. I took over his position. And then the four, myself and my three brothers started running the business. Uh, I think I, I've been with the company 20, over 25 years now. So when it started, the business was sharpening knives. Correct. That, that was the, that uh, the trade. Was, that was the, the product, the service that was sold. Right. So commercial knife sharpening for restaurants is our main bread and butter. We've been doing that for over 50 years. And then we got into restaurant equipment repair. The meat slicers, the dough mixers, you know, Doug. I, I've been there. Yeah. Slice so thin the flavor has no place to hide. <laughs> yeah, cream, oh, cream. I like that. I like that one. I've been there and I've seen all those boxes like every restaurant in town. has Right, and you've seen the machineries that we do repairs on. And mm. then we have the retail outlet where we started selling knives as well. And then um, we've added on other things, paper products, and just keep expanding and and add-on items that the, the restaurants and our customers need. How many restaurants in the St. Louis area do you guys service with just the knife sharpening? Just the knife sharpening pre-COVID, and we were up towards 1,300 wow. kitchens in the St. Louis area. And he told me wow. something I thought was interesting, Doug. They actually go to kitchens and sharpen the knives right there on the spot, which I thought was pretty Because I always right imagine, I always think it would be very cumbersome to carry... You know, a bunch of knives yeah. from no. your yeah. business. But you guys actually go out and you, We you don't do sharpen it. the knives on spot. We we rotate the knives. So we'll come to, say, for instance, the restaurant that was here next door. We'll drop off a fresh set of knives, pick up the old, bring them back to the shop. Should it be Milt's Chop House. We talked about that last week. Oh, so we're going to Milt, Milt's Chop House. We're just going to replace the brew with chop and the Kirkwood with Milt's and it's start a, good location. a high-end yeah. steakhouse uh, bar. I think it would do really well. I do, too. What are you <laughs> would, you be, would you be our celebrity host if we needed it? Got a As, great guest. Kind of like a Mater D? <laughs> sure. I'm looking for work. We take care, we take good care of <laughs> yeah. But uh, So you guys yeah. swap them out. So, I mean, you're talking high-end knives for the most part. I mean, the, the, the things that high-end chefs and whatnot are using around town. Sure, sure. And we, like I said, now, you know, we do a lot of office buildings well that's pretty much on pause you know you don't have people coming into the office so we we had to adapt during covid i mean i had mentioned to you that you know it was there were bleak moments at the beginning where you're like holy moly yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk about that so last you know march I, I think is when you know stuff hit the fan with you know lockdowns are coming um tell us about you know how the business handled, you know, the, the shutdowns and how that impacted your business, like right out of the gate. Right. So we were in Florida last March. We, my family and I, my wife and the kids were going to go to Disney March 16th and 17th. We found out on the 15th that Disney was closed the following day. Um, and we were going to go to Sunrise, Florida to catch the Blues and Panthers. Oh, yeah. All I wanted to do was go see a Blues game. Right. And then the S hit the fan and, um, you can't say S. Can I say sh? No, 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 put him down. Put him down. He got it. He caught it. All right. Woo. Sorry. So you're on okay, vacation. I'm on vacation, yeah. Doug. Yeah. I'm I, trying I, to relax. Okay. All I want to go see is a blues game in Sunrise, Florida. Right. And the 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 voicemails and the messages come in that nearly half of our restaurants that we do want to put knife service on pause, knife service on pause, please pause, please. And it was one after the other i'm trying to relax on the beach in siesta key mm -hmm. and and it was it was not good so i'm i'm passionate about my business i love my business when you run a family business 
you, you know, it's like that. So I did what any logical business owner does. We have different stages of how to deal with this. This this was a catastrophe. Well, nobody ever, yeah, nobody had ever dealt right. with anything like this before. Right, nobody has the playbook on how to run a business during COVID. Right. So I did what anyone else would do in stage one was the freak the F out stage. Right. So I'm crying, I'm screaming, it was all over the place. So it, it took me a while to snap out of it. And thankfully, when our plans got shifted, we were in Florida with, two of my dearest friends and one happens to be my lawyer and one happens to be my banker. So they kind of were there to guide me and say, Hey, calm down. You know, first thing you do is stop freaking out. Right. Mm. Calm down and <laughs> get, and hold of get your ass together. <laughs> get, get okay, together. All right. I don't know if we can say that. Smack me around a little bit. So, and then I got, I got out of the funk and, and like I had mentioned before, the knife sharpening part was on a little bit of a pause, but we had this other paper product and supply business that we had. And one of the first things I did is I got on the horn with Marmar. I called Marmar Mar- Binks. I called yeah. Marmar Binks and said, Marketing "Hey, director here, at, or uh, used to be at Five Ninety yeah. The Fan." Yeah. Person, uh-huh. I called her and I said, "Hey, I want to start advertising. I want to get the word out that we have these products, mask, hand sanitizer, and whatnot that people need." And at first, she was kind of shocked because she's like, huh? <laughs> Advertise here? And I'm like, I'll, the right number? I'll buy when everybody's selling. It, mm. So she's like, sure, let's go. And then we got, I got together with you with your fine, fine work for our spokesman. And I can't thank, <laughs> I can't thank the, the listener, the TMA listeners more. I mean, they helped us. It worked. Prim- Believe it or not, it Did worked. It really? So you had always had the paper product line, you know, for restaurants. You're talking like, to go boxes and that kind of thing, but did you have masks before? Yeah, we well, we started that business in 2015. Well, that was fortuitous. And we mm-hmm. we did have masks. Not we didn't sell as many as we sold last year, but we did have a few clients that actually did purchase masks from us. And I remember I th- when I went to your house when you decided to sell and talked about it, and you had like four masks. <laughs> he said, I can give you four masks. It's like I had gold in don't, my hand. Don't tell anybody where you got say, these from. I've got K95 and N95 masks. N95. Mm-hmm. Back when people were saying, oh my most God. people shouldn't have them. Yeah. Leave these for the medical people. Right, right. And you had, you had you And had I reached gold. out to you. I had to take care of yeah. take care of my spokesman first, mm-hmm. right, right off the Absolutely. bat. Absolutely. Um, but when it was all said and done, I think between the three ply masks, just the regular surgical masks, I think we sold maybe over a million masks wow. last really? year. So thank you, thank wow. you, five ninety. <laughs> well, hopefully you, the advertising helps. A well, little I would bit, think yeah. the to go boxes. Too, I mean, I was just thinking about how everyone got. It was kind of interesting when you ate out during COVID to see the different ways people packaged up. Because I remember we mm-hmm. got to go from. Uh, Bricktops, which is not a place that you'd think would do a lot of to-go business, right. and they had very fancy to-go boxes. Right. Some places had very crappy ones. So, so I mean, it's you guys- funny you mentioned that now. So when the restaurant scene shifted from mainly carryout from dine-in, everyone had to ramp up to-go packaging. So now the big issue is we cannot get to-go containers in in a timely manner. They There's... One of our suppliers says he has 10,000 cases in a warehouse in China, but can't actually find the shipping containers to ship the product mm. over. It's just... Isn't it just a shame that we can't do any of that here in Sydney? Oh, no, We've got one empty warehouse after 
manufacturing facility just sitting there empty and we can't do any of this well stuff. and our transportation network i mean we have the rail rivers and roads as i yeah. that was one of my taglines when i ran unsuccessfully with three r's you know rails rivers and roads we got plenty yeah you know, you'd think we'd be a transportation hub for manufacturing and all that stuff. I know. No, we can't, just can't do any of that stuff. Nope. I mean, you would it. think here in the heartland of the U.S., we're in the middle. It would be a good spot for for the. They talked about importing it at the airport. Whatever happened with that? Did we expand there? No. Well, it was going to be a yeah. It was going to be a Chinese. Chinese <laughs> oh, it's pretty clear. That. What we need is more child prison labor. <laughs> if we could get a, a really good base right? of child prison labor Let's, in St. Louis, we could compete with China. Right. Okay. So, so you're listening to the Mark Millen Show with Marco Bertarelli from BertarelliCo.com, and we're talking COVID. So you're you're on vacation. You you finally get back to St. Louis. I mean, what what do you do then? I mean, is it is it still? Are you still freaking out at that point? Or do yeah, you feel like yeah, a little bit. This freaking is an opportunity, out. maybe, with because you guys have this paper right. supply and uh, PPE. Right. Uh, so we had to quickly adapt and adjust. I think Sunday morning when I got back from Florida, uh, we had a, a a war room meeting. The partners we met and we you know we talked and said you know we ended up shutting down the retail showroom. I think we were closed for three to four weeks. Right. Everybody. I mean, everything shut down. Yeah. And you couldn't go anywhere. Curbside knife sharpening. We did that. <laughs> Holy moly. Wow. Here you, you go. Just hold knives out of the They're car and you sharpen just them up a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, we talked about. I'm on my way to a stabbing. Yeah. Can you sharpen this a little Remember bit? the promotion that we tried? The to sharpen your own knife day. Oh, remember geez. that? Yeah, yeah, that didn't yeah. work out too that well. That would not no. be a good idea. I mean, we, we had some great yeah. ideas and some not so great <laughs> well, ideas. You, you well, came in. paramedic <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I also think people were also cooking a lot from home, so I feel like, I mean, I definitely did a lot more like grilling and things at home so use right, my knives a right. lot more. Right, right. You had to adapt. I mean, we we sold the mask. We sold, we sold what we could. I mean, gloves and, you know, Tommy... Traven, you, oh yeah, you, he's you've a club blogger. Yeah, <laughs> so, best writer in the business. So then, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you know losing the the knife sharpening. You know, half your customers you lost. But I would imagine did some of that come back fairly quickly once to go started happening? Because I would assume the kitchen still had to right you know, prepare food and do those kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, slowly and gradually, and still it's coming back. I mean, um, this week a lot of our catering customers have just exploded. I mean, when the the new mandates came out. I mean, they've picked up tremendously. So, you know, they cut back and, hey, instead of sharpening every week, why don't you come once a month? And now we're gradually and slowly getting them to come back to where it was pre-COVID. So we're, we're generally going to a, a kitchen weekly now. And, and, and it's going to take a while. But now the problem is, is that these restaurants, they have the capacity, but they're having a, a difficult time finding staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's Nobody another. Wants to go back to work now. That's the new issue that we're having. But. I would say, I mean, hopefully this time, I mean, the beginning of next year, we're maybe back to normal. But here's the thing with restaurants. I mean, I feel like there are going to be many restaurants that go out of business and never come back. Because mm-hmm. to start a restaurant, you know, it's it's a tough business under normal circumstances. Mm-hmm. And now you've got labor issues. you got food shortage. I mean, it seems like it would be very difficult to make a profit as, a, as the owner of a restaurant these days. But hopefully... For your, for your sake, <laughs> yeah, a lot of these yeah. Well, people will never stop back. eating out. Right, they will. right. I mean, you're gonna. It's it's gonna be like it's gonna take maybe a little bit longer. The places are gonna close down, and then somebody's gonna come in with a better idea and reopen. Yeah, I think you're gonna see a bigger shift away. And I've always said this: away from the 
table service at mm-hmm. the more of the casual places. Because, like, good example, like Buffalo Wild Wings. Like, I'd much prefer just walk up, order, go up and get my food, have a drink station where I can go refill my beverage without having to be subject to the, you know, availability yeah. of some some server to oh, get yeah, my refill yeah. of iced yeah. tea. Yeah. I don't I'd be mind fine with that too. I don't either. Yeah, and like, like you that. see that even like Steak and Shake. I mean, that was a big downfall for them. Is you know getting getting staff to work at Steak and Shake and make you know tips on twenty five dollar bills. I mean, it's just not it's not as attractive of a job as right. working at a higher end restaurant. I mean, you always have higher end restaurants where you, those servers can make fifty, sixty, seventy, hundred grand some, at some of those places. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Most that. places you dine, Doug, I know that that's I generally dine only the high end places. <laughs> yeah, if I'm not spending five hundred dollars for dinner, you know, <laughs> you don't even need reservations. Go. Probably yeah. oh, most gosh, places no. you just show up and <laughs> yeah. they let you in. You're yeah. like Ray Liotta; they get the table and they put you right in the front seat, front row. And I have to sit with my back to the wall because I, I may not know <laughs> to what assassin to is going to come in. Ambush. Hopefully, there's no li- uh, knife sharpening exhibitions going on at the at the places you visit. Well, Marco, we appreciate you uh, sharing your story. Hopefully, you know, like you said, restaurants, now that it seems like we're turning a corner here, things are reopening. Uh, hopefully, you guys will, business will pick back up and you'll have a huge surplus of PPE. Yeah, that you're not going to know. Holy moly. Are you still sitting on a, a lot of product now? Do you need some hand sanitizer? <laughs> <laughs> I've got answered. And tell me about, no, I do find this interesting because there are different, I feel like there are different grades. Of hand sanitizer. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what I find interesting. Like, you get a good one, you're like, oh, this is nice. And then sometimes you'll go places and it's like, this is disgusting. It'll be like sticky, <laughs> smelly, awful. Well, you got it free. How do you know what you're getting when you, as the uh, retailer, are, are buying this stuff in bulk? Like, how yeah, do you know? I mean, do you test it out? How does that work? I, well, it's at the beginning, it was like a, it was a crapshoot. You, you open it up and you tried it out, and some were better than others, but the ingredient that's used it was the main thing. So the isopropyl alcohol does not have the scent. So say, for instance, oh, well, look what we have here. A bottle right there. <laughs> that's a bottle of that's from Bertarelli Cutlery. In oh, Supply. wow. Let me Let's try go. that. Let me try well, that. Here you go. So that one, that one is a good one. Okay. But if you don't have the isopropyl and you have to use the denatured alcohol, yeah. that's the stuff that smells like tequila. Right, because this has a little more uh, substance to it. Right. The problem is, like, the, some of the real runny stuff, I mean, it's just yeah. You think people are going to start using this forever now? Yeah. Once we got kind of used to it? I like it. I like it, too. I, yeah. I prefer it over washing my hands. I have a thing at my desk. I just yeah. use it whenever I feel You're supposed to feel wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would think you that could that's... be a hand model. I mean, look at those hands. Oh, beautiful hands! <laughs> that's I would, great. I would think that people will be using hand sanitizer a whole lot more just moving forward. Right. But the problem basis. is, I mean, do you remember? I remember like early on in COVID, you would, you know, so much hand sanitizer washing your hands all the time. I mean, my hands were just destroyed. Yeah. I mean, they were cracking. It was it was painful for a while there. So right, I've got pretty delicate hands, Doug. <laughs> so. Well, I remember the, the first couple months there. Like in March of 2020, it was frightening for everybody. I yeah. can imagine, not just business owners, but we all thought if we sneezed, we were probably going to die. Right. And now, and it's interesting now because there's still only like 35% of the population is fully vaccinated. But I went to the Cardinals game this week and it's totally, I mean, no, no masks, all this stuff. So either it wasn't as dangerous as we were told all along, yeah. or we're going to have a mass outbreak at some point because there's 65% of the population is still walking around. Unvaccinated, we were now a, we're not wearing masks. It just doesn't add up to me. If we were going to have a mass outbreak, don't you think that would have happened in Texas and Florida by now? See, that's the point, though. Where they've just kind of ignored everything for several months. Right. And, and nothing's nothing. Nope. It really hasn't seemed to be. So hopefully we are. I think we are turning the corner here. And hopefully yeah. we can. This summer will be a the summer summer of greatness for everybody, hopefully. Now, now, that will be a bad thing for your business if the... If the <laughs> 
no. pandemic is over. <laughs> no, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad You'll thing. You'll be all right. But I, I think be. masks, people, there are still going to be people, you know, during flu season, I think, that are going to wear masks like they do in China and yeah. in Asia. You see that. You'll see that all a little bit more here. Sure. Yeah. I hate the mask. I like being able to see people's faces. I like to be able to. You know, it just it, yeah. it's a lot, a lot friendlier thing when you can see the. I was in a store the other day. I had a mask on almost up to my eyes, and I had a new golf hat that I'd gotten. <laughs> All you could see is this much, and a lady says, "Oh, there's Doug." <laughs> no. I said, "How the hell no can way. you tell?" <laughs> Do you want no. my autograph? I don't, I don't <laughs> guys, no, I didn't know. She was. She wanted to yell at me about something. Oh but man! I, you could see this much in my eyes. <laughs> really, you're watching too much TV. This chair, it's unbelievable how squeaky this is. Do you yeah, hear this? Yeah, but I mean, it's okay. Unbelievable. Well, Marco, we appreciate right. being here. Marco Bertarelli from BertarelliCo.com, also STLKnives.com. You can check them out. If you need your knives sharpened, if you need PPE, you need hand sanitizer, be sure to check them out at Bertarelli, B-E-R-T-A-R-E-L-L-I-Co.com. Marco, thank you for joining us on the show this week. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure, Doug. <laughs> well, thanks for coming in. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> what about Dave? Yeah. Dave? Milty. But you do also have that neat uh, retail area there in the front of the store. With right. All yeah, you can buy knives if you yeah. want to get some nice Wooster off or whatever. Browse for the Wooster. Browse, knives. get a meat yeah. slicer, yeah. whatever you may need. Come on down to the hill, shop, uh, go down to some of the local restaurants and grocery stores. Absolutely. Nice little area. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. All right, you're listening to the Mark Milton Show with the Smash. Doug Vaughn filling in this week, broadcasting from the Miller Furniture Studios. Miller Furniture now at three locations, Doug. They're going to be Another having one. a Huge grand opening sale for their new location in Ellisville, which is 1.2 miles east of Clarkson Road on Manchester. And they're also okay. the, the grand opening sale is going to take place at all their stores. So you can check out all three of their locations, Belleville, Lake St. Louis, and now Ellisville. Hmm. And one of the things I'll say about them, they've been able to weather this storm as well by, by just buying a ton of furniture and having it in stock ready for delivery. So if you go to their showroom, you can literally go there if you need a couch. Dining room table, office furniture. You can go, you can buy it, and have it ready for immediate delivery. I've shopped for some couches just recently, <clears> in fact, and have been told, oh, that's going to be eight months well, before we get there. Well, then you and Jody need to go to Miller Furniture we do. We this week. do. Check them out. Miller Furniture, M-U-E-L-L-E-R Furniture.com. We'll be right back in a second.